welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our valued customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Drop the beat. We'll see how this turns out since we, there's probably a, a, a large amount of delay. Um, oh, you think in, that every time we do a musical bit, I don't go ahead and just splice the tracks? I mean, and line I, I, them up I, I, I know you do. I know you do. Of course I do. What kind of what kind of editor do you take me for? Uh, the best editor. Oh. Hey, do you remember no. when like we we took turns briefly editing this show? Yeah, we had the tech turns, and then there was the while there where we took time to put sound effects in this show. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I would find animal sounds and yeah. just sort of parse them through the through the through the whole. Episode. I remember doing that for a few times, and I think for like I don't know, like dark mantles or something. I ended up grabbing like jellyfish like sounds. Like like they're possible. the weird like warbling through the water that they do. I think we had that. And I think there was like some bat clicks in there. Yeah, it's a weird. Anyway, I, hey, the evolution <laughs> of this show. Am I right? Hey, what do you know? It's like it's a living, growing medium, just well, like the I, people I, who perform it. Hey, ah. guy. Hey everyone, how are we doing? Welcome back to another episode of Zach and Griffith's Multiversal Pet Shop. I am Zach. And I'm still... Let me check, Griffin. I forgot my name for a second. But we're back with another episode. Yeah. See, Griffin, you may mm. still be Griffin, but sharing your body now, as well as mine, is a whole new host of a crop of antibodies. It's true. Because uh, we just got our, our, our first dose of Fauci ouchie yesterday, In, didn't we, bud? Yes, we did. I've got I've got some ouchie on my arm and yeah, some my... COVID-killing ouchie in my body. Yeah, I gotta say, for the first one, like aside from my my arm being a little ouchie, like I'm I'm fine. My arm's pretty ouchie. Haven't felt like you know like a, a headache or no or anything like that. I'm drinking some lemonade. I I think I was getting a little bit of like um, placebo is not the right word. I was tricking myself into thinking I was feeling things. It's like like the opposite, it, it, kind of hypochondria kind of thing. Yeah, like, of like, like you, you think some like you're like wait, I felt my head had a a, a, a weird tingle for a second. Is mm -hmm. this it? Yeah, like kind of psychosomatic. Yeah. Um, like when I went back to my car, I like took a deep breath and just like like my chest hurt like you know, 1% on, on like, a deep breath in, and I was like, oh, God, I'm dying. This is it. Is this where I die? <laughs> Bill Gates got me after all. God damn it. Oh, Bill. Yeah, no, I, I saw a very, good, uh, a very good tweet. It's like, oh, man, I almost didn't even feel the microchip going. It was yeah. great. I've told you about how I'm low-jacked, right? N no. Really? I have are you this... actually are you actually Loja? No, but it's a running gag. So I have this like bump underneath my arm. It's just it's probably just like a little fat deposit, right? Just like you have those on your body. Yeah. But and like it won't read over audio or our cameras, but I have a tiny little scar exactly over top of this bump 
I have no memory of this scar. And I, like, jokingly, like, when I discovered it, the next time I saw my mom, I was like, hey, what's this? Is this when you, like, lowjacked me as a kid? <laughs> and she went, <laughs> no. And, like... That's not what you want to hear. I, yeah, so, like, I mean, realistically, I don't think I'm lowjacked. Because, like, I've been through, you know, like, metal detectors and stuff. Like, and nothing's really come of it. But it's just a it's just a weird little it's on the growing list of weird little anomalies in my life. Hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, I'll show you next time we hang out. You can poke it. I, I can. Well, I, I can poke it as of what May third. Right. Yeah. We have a we have a hug date scheduled. <laughs> oh, no, I'm so, I'm so ready for a hug date, bud. Oh, goodness. Well, shoppers, welcome frickin' back to the glorious pet shop here in, in scenic Bering Bro, Denmark. Oh, oh, so excited that you're all joining us um, for this, this here episode. I didn't hit the internet trying to find some good news for you, unfortunately. That's okay. Okay, okay. As long as... You, yeah, because last time... Oh, goodness. What was, it was Jake from State Farm. It was Jake very, from State Farm. very, very good dog. Mm-hmm. Uh so like that was that was some news that this cute pup you know hopefully was gonna find a home indeed and but uh i didn't find any today that's okay so the only good news i have to share is that today on this episode we will be jumping back to arguably one of my favorite themes and that is of course holy shit Oh my god, these folks are fucking rare! That's yeah. right, we're here with another Hassam Gitfafer. A Hassam Gitfafer. A Hassam Gitfafer. Which, like, that's maybe one of the best beautiful little accidents of this show is we move to Denmark and then we come up with an acronym that sounds like Norse AF. Hassam Gitfafer. <laughs> <laughs> You walk into a pub and the the big Viking bartender's like, "What can I get you?" And you're like, "I'll have a hisam get faffer." Oh, absolutely, sir! I want a little Irish boy. It's okay. <laughs> I'll get it for you. Absolutely. Give me just one moment. They all they all blend together at some point. I spent what a year doing largely uh, uh, inaccurate Danish and Swedish accents for D and D. Like they all bleed together. <laughs> They're all, they're all Irish in the end. <laughs> they're all I we're all Irish now. <laughs> but if you have if this is your first time joining us for a holy shit oh my god these folks are fucking rad episode, basically Zach and I we've been looking through these monster books for so long, there's just some cool folks in here that we want to talk about. Yeah, fr- fr- frankly, we just don't get to talk about all the cool fo- folks, yeah. you know? We talk about monsters and stuff, but like what about the you know the, the people, their cultures? Mm-hmm. We don't get to chat about them much. So this is just sort of a uh, a friend spotlight here. We're gonna set up a little. Uh, we're gonna, we're setting up a little like hallway hall of fame. The the hall some get faffer, we'll call it, and it'll be good. thank you. It'll be just kind of portraits, and it's more of a museum piece. We're adding sort of like a new wing onto the pet shop. Hmm. Sort of like celebrating the life of the multiverse. Celebrate the life of the multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of had to shoehorn the rest of those syllables in, didn't you? 
Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the first what's the first friend on the docket there? Sorry. So this this is a friend that frankly I didn't spend a lot of time sort of admiring. Um, but like they're kind of really just like cool looking. They're so strange. Um, they're very strange looking. That is the fire newts. Woo. So these can be found in Oval's Guide to Critters. I think that's what we call that book. It's been so um, long since we've it's cracked been open so this long. dusty, dusty tome. Uh, so yeah, fire newts. First, we're going to take a look at the fire newt warrior. <laughs> the fire newts are, um, I mean, they they are red, medium size humanoid newt folks. Yeah. Um, their skin's red. It's kind of got you know like how like. Some like you know like semi-aquatic or like reptilian creatures like their skin's very sort of translucent, mm-hmm. so like you can see like you know like the veins and like kind of like nervous system below the yeah. below the skin. They've kind of got that going on, where you know their their bo- your body and skin is red, sort of see through. You can kind of see a little bit of like the musculature and like like kind of bone structure underneath. Yeah, you're and right. And then you can see like the veins and stuff running through the body. Hmm. It's kind of cool, kind of weird. And then they've just and got, they've like, got like newt faces. And then they got just a big newt face <laughs> and then like a cool like obsidian like sword and shield on them. The way the art the the fire newt depicted in this picture is holding the sword. The sword? It's it so almost, odd. It almost looks like their hand is like sticky. It's like it's like semi solid. Yeah. Like it's, it's dripping almost. Yeah. Well, why, why don't why don't we read a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. So it does count as a humanoid. In the regions that contain hot springs, volcanic activity, or similar hot and wet conditions, fire newts might be found. These humanoid amphibians live in the militaristic theocracy that reveres elemental fire in its worst incarnation. It is now me looking at these things and realizing that they're neutral evil. <laughs> Yeah, they're neutral. This evil. thing does not look mean at all. They look kind of like suspicious at worst. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Heat seekers is one of their tags. Fire newts need hot water to live and breathe. A fire newt becomes sluggish mentally and physically after spending a week away from an external source of moist heat. Mm. A prolonged lack of heat can shut down a fire newt community as the creatures within go into hibernation and their eggs stop developing. <laughs> fire newts delve for sources of heat in the earth, such as boiling mud and hot springs, that make ideal places to settle. Through excavation and mining in the area, they fashion living space. They fashion living space. That's a weird you know, like, way to... St- like they fashion... They f- yeah. Like, yeah. They fashion living space and obtain an ample supply of minerals for other uses, such as smelting, smithing, and alchemy. A fire newt lair features a network of channels and sluices to circulate hot liquid through the settlement. Sluice is a fun word. I was... I've always enjoyed the word sluice. <laughs> I could hear you smile when you said the word sluice. <laughs> I, I just really enjoy the word sluice for some reason. It's a good word. The alchemy practiced by Fire News focuses on fire. One of their favorite mixtures is a paste of sulfur, mineral salts, and oil. 
Fire Noose chew this blend habitually because doing so produces a pleasant internal heat and it enables a Fire Newt to vomit forth a small ball of flame. Ha! Huh. Most Fire Newts carry a container with this mixture in it. It's like a it's like a little drunken master's gourd of yeah. <laughs> that they can fire breathe from. But yeah, they're religious militants. Ah, cool. Here we go. Fire Newt society and culture are based on the worship of Imix, the prince of evil fire. This veneration Wait, 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 of- wait, 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 wait. Does the existence of a prince of evil fire suggest like a prince of Is there a prince of good fire? <laughs> I hope so, and sort of like a no. She was an evil witch. I am a good witch. <laughs> this is this is the this is the Imix is the god of like you know forest fires and arson, and then you there's know, Ted, who's you know the god of like warm campfires exactly. with your pods. <laughs> <laughs> like grilling. <laughs> like <laughs> it is I, the grill god, Homer. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm here for Ted, the grill lord. Ted the Grill Lord. All pr- all hell. Anyway, please hey, continue. Hey, spring's coming up. Make sure you're, you're giving your offerings to Ted. <laughs> Make sure you lay out your your uh, uh, sacramental charcoal for Ted. Oh, man. This veneration of Imix leads Fire Newts to be aggressive, wrathful, and cruel. Fire Newt warlocks of Imix teach that by demonstrating these qualities, a Fire Newt warrior in combat can become touched by the Fire Lord. <gasps> Entering a nearly unstoppable battle rage. Sick. Warlocks of Imix command warriors to prove their worth by going on raids to uh, bring back treasure and captives. Oh. The warlocks take the choicest loot as a tithe to Imix? Yeah, a tithe. A tithe? I've never heard the word tithe before. Yeah, like um, usually used in context of like giving a church money. Oh, cool. You pay your tithe. Yeah, there you go. And then those who participate in the raid divide the rest according to merit. Prisoners uh, that have no apparent usefulness are sacrificed to Imix and then eaten. Tight, tight. Those that are deemed capable of mining and performing other chores around the lair are kept as slaves for a while before meeting the same fate. Less tight, less tight. When fire needs muster for war, rather than merely staging occasional raids, they take no prisoners. All right. Their goal is nothing less than the annihilation of their foes. <laughs> and... They reserve their greatest animosity for others of their kind. Oh, what? no. If two groups of fire needs come upon each other, it's likely that they're in competition for the <laughs> same territory, and the bloody battle is the usual result. What the fuck, fire newts? Holy shit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, these, these folks are immune to fire. You know, Naturally. Makes sense. Fire's in their name. Uh, they speak uh, draconic and ignin. Okay. Um, I mean, they're, they're kind of lizardy, I guess, or like yeah, yeah. related. Mm-hmm. They have multi-attack. They use a scimitar, um, and yeah, they've got this spit fire recharges after a short or long rest. The fire it spits fire at a creature within ten feet of it. The creature must make a DC eleven dexterity saving. They're taking nine two D eight fire damage on a failed save, or half as much damage on a successful one. These guys are kind of they're kind of intense. Like, for, like, like they're only CR one half. They have sixteen AC, twenty two hit points. That's, like, I'm looking at their game stats, which I don't normally do. I'm thinking of these, like, how I would use them as a DM. And, like, these are yeah. kind of brutal for yeah. CR half characters. Well, that and they roll in groups, too. So yeah. I get a bunch of them, and that's going to be a tough time. Uh, I do have here the um, stat block for the Warlock. Oh, yeah. The Fire Neat Warlock of Imix. Let's see. He's got spell casting. 
up. It's got what second spe- level slots. Uh, Cantrip. It's got Firebolt, Guidance, Light, Mage Hand, Prestidigitation. Um, and the first and second level spells got Burning Hands, Flaming Sphere, Hellish Rebuke, and Scorching Ray. And then Imic's Blessing. When the fire uh, fire nuke reduces the enemy to zero hit points, the fire nuke gains five temp hit points. Yeah, these guys are kind of brutal. Yeah, and then they swing a Morning Star. And they have mounts. And they have mounts. Yeah, the mounts. Um, if we look at the book here, yeah, they have giant striders. Fire Newts have a close relationship with the type of monstrous beast they believe Imic sent to aid them. Born out, uh, born out by the creature's ability to send a gout of flame against distant enemies, called giant striders, these monsters appear bird-like and reptilian, but are truly neither. <gasps> Fire Newts provide shelter, food, and breeding grounds in their lairs for giant striders, and the striders voluntarily service mounts for the elite Fire Newt soldiers. Interesting. Yeah, what do they got? Giant striders. They're also neutral evil. <laughs> they have a speed of 50 feet. Fire absorption. Oh! Whenever the giant starter is subjected to fire damage, it takes no damage and regains the number of hit points equal to half the fire damage dealt. Hell yeah. And then it's got fire burst. It uh, hurls a gout of flame at a point it can see within 60 feet. creature Within 10 feet radius. So it's like a, a, like a mini fireball. Yeah, they're like, they're like artillery lizards. Yeah, that's sick as hell. Dang. Uh, there's a note here that says, this... But tis always a fight to death for them. So tis also one for ye, <laughs> says someone named Elminster. Yeah, sounds like a nerd. <laughs> Fucking nerd. Yeah, the giant striders kind of look like like a like an like, I mean, a, yeah. like a wingless ostrich. Yeah, but like was red gonna, I, I, and scaly. I was gonna say like a surly mange cover chocobo. Yeah, big cho- big chocobo energy. Big chocobo en- energy, yeah. I just can't get over the look on the face. Like, I, it doesn't look like the fire newts emote at all with their faces. No, they just kind of have these just like mm. like eyes that are very judgmental and this long mouth. Yeah, that makes them look like they're always just kind of making sounds mm. at you. <laughs> That's their fucking battle cry. Mm. Imagine that times a hundred. Just. Mm. <laughs> 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 Because even the one, like, on the Strider just kind of looks like, this is happening. We're here. Mm. Um, excuse me, but um, we are going to murder you now. Yes. All right. Company charge. Begin. Mm. Yeah, they're they're battle, battle, everyone battle cries just, "Mm." (laughs) 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 Fucking fire newts. Fucking fire newts, man. They're kind of cool, though. They are. They're kind of cool. They got... They got some. They've got some heat on them. Mm-hmm. Get it? Cause they're, cause they're fire needs. Oh, I get. It. Yeah, of course I got it, Zach. Oh, okay, you just, you just didn't say anything. <laughs> I, was, I was reading a little bit. Well, fine. Imagine just a, volca- right. a volcano blows up, and then like a bunch of these guys spill down the mountainside. Oh no. Mm. Are these like weapons and stuff? Is this like obsidian? You think or? I mean, like, it would make sense. Like, they hang out by, like, volcanoes and shit. Yeah. So, like, what are they going to work with? They sit there and they they mine minerals and stuff. One of the things they'd probably find is obsidian. It's just the, they're holding this finely made sword with this weird drippy hand. <laughs> the, 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 the yucky drippy hand. Icky, icky yuck. All right, well, uh, I think that's, a, that's about it. Yeah. Fi- they're, they're, they're fire. 
They're newts. They're fire newts. Drippy, droopy fire newts. Well, goodbye, fire newts. Perhaps I'll use you in a low-level campaign sometime. Uh, up next on the docket, we've got a uh, an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, we've got centaurs. A centaur. A centaur. Twat. Well, fuck him. Before I really start reading about this, do you remember the? Were you privy to the weirdness that happened when um, Dungeons and Dragons released an unearthed arcana with playable centaur race? I don't think I. Oh, is this the that you could always stack a centaur on top of a centaur on top of a centaur? Because they had a because centaurs in the book here as a creature are size large, but as mm-hmm. a playable race, they made them size medium, but gave them the like function of like being able to service as a mount in instances where you could comfortably carry a medium sized creature. So then, rules as written. You could just make a infinite tower of centaurs <laughs> riding yeah. atop one another. Yeah, th- th- that's as broken as like the peasant railgun. Peasant railgun remains to be one of my favorite. There's two old school D and D stories. It's um, it's it's Sir Barrington and peasant railgun. I don't think I know about Sir Barrington, but we do need to continue on with our episode. So maybe long, when we get to the end. Long story short, a bear folk rogue who maxed out disguise and deception so that no one knew he was a bear. Oh, okay. Yes. And you couldn't speak I've, English, I've, but you could just growl and people would be like, oh, yes, Sir Barrington. Anyway, centaurs, you know what they are. They're half human, half horse folks. Torso of a, of a, of a, of a, of a, of a human and the, the rest of it's a horse. The very cut torso of a human. Like, look at those abs. The abes. Reclusive wanderers and omen readers of the wild, centaurs avoid conflict but fight fiercely when pressed. They roam the vast wilderness, keeping far from borders, laws, and the company of other creatures. Wilderness? Nomads. Centaur tribes range across the lands with mild to hot climates, where a centaur requires only light furs or oiled skins to deal with the inclement weather. They are hunter-gatherers and rarely build shelters or even use tents. Centaur migrations span continents and take decades to repeat, so that a centaur tribe might not retread the same path for generations. These long-ranging patterns can lead to conflict when centaurs encounter settlements of other creatures built along their traditional routes. That makes sense. That's kind of cool. See, mm-hmm. little little thing, little cultural things like that. That's the fun yeah. shit we learn about in uh, in this in this uh, this segment. A centaur that can't keep pace with the rest of its tribe is left behind. Some such centaurs vanish into the wilderness and are never seen again. Those that can bear the loss of their tribe might take up residence among other races. Frontier settlements value the nature knowledge of their centaur residents. Many such communities owe their survival to the insight and acumen of a centaur. Despite their reclusive nature, centaurs trade with elves and with the caravans of other benevolent humanoids they meet during their wanderings. A trader might save the life of a wounded or elderly centaur unfit for long travel, escorting it to a settlement where it can peacefully live out the rest of their days. There's just, just a thing here that says, I hear centaurs make excellent mounts. <laughs> Quote, Batley Summerfoot, a halfling uh. adventurer who never read Hooves of Fury. <laughs> uh. That's excellent. Um, they're, you know, pretty durable individuals, all told. Uh, they're fast, because, you know, horse body. Yeah. Pretty strong, good uh, sense of survival and perception. They speak elvish and sylvan, 
They have a charge ability, which again, they're part horse, makes sense. And they can attack you with a variety of weapons, including their stompy hooves. I love a good set of stompy hooves, am yeah. I right? featured in Hooves of Fury. Hooves of Fury. Now, one thing that, like, I don't know how to ruck with this, and I think this this might be just, like, a sign of the times with Wizards of the Coast. They're, centaurs are classified as monstrosities. Yeah. Which, like, I don't I don't agree with. Um, they're, they're people. They're, they're folks. They're literally people. Like, how, like, you take things like fire newts, which are classed as humanoids. How can you not classify a centaur as a humanoid when they're part human? Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. I actually, like, I think I, I briefly used centaurs back in my, some of my, our home games, and I, th- I, I reclass them as fey. Because, yeah, like, these things are also just fey as fuck. I mean, they speak sylvan, so, like... Right. They're, they're literally, like, nature-based dudes. They're part animal. It just they 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 they're, they're crunchy granola horse folk. I love how you had to turn on the the crunch boys. Yeah, this is what all this is what all hippies sound like. I should know. My dad is one. How did I know you were going to say that? Because <laughs> my dad's a hippie. I thought you were going to bring up the Grateful Dead stuff as well there, but yeah. well, I mean that kind of goes with the territory. I feel yeah. like, but yeah, no, they're the great. They you know, got lot. They can attack just in a multitude of ways. There mm-hmm. really. They can stab you, they can stomp you, or they can shoot you. Which, in theory, is just long-distance stabbing. <laughs> like, if you really think about it. <laughs> like shooting someone with an arrow. You're just, you're just stabbing them from, <laughs> from long distance. <laughs> uh, no. That was a dumb joke. <laughs> Guy from just, like, you know, 90 feet away. I'm going to stab you. <laughs> you no, know, I can't. You're all the way over there, dude. <laughs> uh, I guess that technically counts. Gotcha. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I want to see, like, I know that centaurs are traditionally, like, nomadic and whatnot. I do want to see, like, a centaur, like, town. Yeah, I want to see. I want to. I want to. That's like a in my mind. That's like fun world building exercise. Like what? What? What do buildings that centaurs live in look like? You know, like what do their beds look like? I mean, th- they say they don't really use them much. I know, but like, what if though? Play yeah. with play with me. Play with you in the space. Um, would it like? I feel like it would be sort of a cross between like you know like a comfy lodge. But then also like a stable. You yeah. Know? You got to appeal to that horse side. Also, I'd love to see like a centaur like river dance team. Jesus Christ, Zach, you've done it. Because <laughs> like they've already got the clippy cloppy. You've cracked the fucking hoops. code. Clap, 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 clap. Oh, it'd be so good. That'd be. No, yeah. like, a, like an all centaur rendition of Stomp. River. Uh. <laughs> I think I think I think I got you. Uh, there was. Well, I was raised on stop, so that's a that's a a winner no matter what. But yeah, centaur. No, but like stop. Yeah, instead of like instead of like the pike this thing's holding, like imagine you're just like a big push broom, mm-hmm. and like that those cool yeah. Well, uh, stomp is literally. I could spend the rest of this episode talking about stomp. 
God, Stomp's really cool. Did you know? Because so I just brought my dad up. Might as well again. Um, one of the like ancient cold iron relics that lives in the garage is a um, one of the like trash can lids nice. sprayed with the Stomp like you know Logo. stencil. Yeah, and it's used like it's dented fucking in. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it is a it is an ancient family relic. Very good. Yeah, no, Stomp's great. Uh, I, got no, I don't get this. This thing's got a sword on its hip, but it doesn't say it has a sword in the stat block. Yeah, but I mean, like, this, it looks really fucking. Cool. Does it? Does every is every centaur you're gonna meet have a pike and a longbow? I mean, apparently, apparently, yep. Yeah. It's it's right there in the stat block. It's Griff. in it's in the book. You're right. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not to tell you, my man. Do centaurs? joust for fun i don't think they could because like knocking them off the off the horse (laughs) is like a is like a part of it would be so horrifying (laughs) they just take the torso off oh god (laughs) no i take it back immediately there's no bit there I mean, I think I, th- I think we hit the bit that we could hit, and and uh, I'm happy with it. All right. Well, um, centaurs are super cool. Use centaurs in your D and D game today. Make them friendly, and make them either humanoid or fey, or I'll find you. All right. They're not monstrosities. That's just mean. That's rude. That's, that's, that's racist. A, they're just so they're like they're so handsome. Like literally on the next page over is a chimera, a three headed, like literal monster. Now that's a monstrosity. That's a monstrosity. You're gonna look this at the centaur. A, this is just a dude. It's just a guy. That's just Kevin. Man, guys, just lay lay off Kevin. He has a right? family. Hey, 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 Wizards of the Coast. Hey, Wizards. Lay off, lay off Kevin, dude. Lay off Kevin. Lay off his husband and their kids. Cause they're great. They're great. They have great barbecues with Ted. Yeah. The grill. Lord. They bring us buffalo chicken dip every once in a while. And it's delicious. Yeah. Ex amazing chefs. Oh, so they pay taxes like. <laughs> all right now i feel they pay t- they pay taxes it's like there's a I've, I've discovered there's like a requisite amount of jokes i need to make before i before feel comfortable ending on? a bit or at least like a quality <laughs> like like each like a joke is has a certain a point value assigned to it and that last one i feel like gave me enough funny points that i can safely move on to the next bit comfortable that i've done my job do you do you, you have a funny score that you have to reach like it's not it's totally subconscious right but like it's like it's like spoon theory but for jokes they are <laughs> fair enough all right all right well, let's get the fuck out of here and play and, and run run one of them sweet sweet ads i love them <laughs> there are hundreds of dating sites dating apps and matchmakers out there and do you know what they all have in common A complete lack of respect for the humble goblin. Are goblins just expected to pick up the dregs left behind by the dashing half-elf sweeping away the fairest maidens? Are bugbears just supposed to be the third wheel to their dwarven friends all their lives? Are ogres really deserving of love? No. No. And yes. On Grumble, things are different. Grumble is the premier dating and romance service for goblins and goblin kin. At Grumble, our staff delicately reviews every application to ensure only the deepest connection between you and your future love. 
or loves. We cater to all genders, colors, and sexualities. Just say the word and we won't stop until you're thoroughly satisfied. Just listen to some of our most satiated clients. Before Grumble, I thought I'd never find anyone for me. Between my busy schedule of murder and pillaging, there was no time to look for love. Now, thanks to Grumble, every day I return to my cave, covered in the blood of my enemies, to the little green love of my life. I don't know how I'd pillage without them. After a hard day of trading stocks and bonds, it was nice to meet up with my newfound hobgoblin biddy for a good old-fashioned bone down. Let me tell you, Grumble got me exactly what I needed. Someone to share my hyper-aggressive sexual tendencies with. Price, no problem. Discretion, don't worry about it. Satisfaction, guaranteed. Big thumbs up to Grumble. Me and my bugbear partner were looking for someone open-minded to add to our relationship, but goblins aren't really well-known for being that flexible. However, thanks to Grumble... They curated several candidates for us to look over, and we welcomed Brizgax to our home and our hearts. Couldn't have done it without the hardworking folks at Grumble. Thanks, Grumble! Sign up for Grumble today with 25% off your first month using the promo code PETSHOP and start looking for the goblin of your dreams. Grumble. Get busy. Are you ready? I've got the clap and I'm giving it nope. to you. I've got the clap and I'm giving it to you. I was gonna I've do a got the clap and I'm giving it to you. Who's got the clap? I do, I do. I was gonna do like a hey Zachrop. Like that kind of thing. But you fucked me. I ruined you, it. You fucked me. <laughs> no, no, no. You fucked me. <laughs> So our next folks that are fucking red are, we're talking about genies right now. I'm a genie about a cover me the right way. Um, <laughs> you know that, Christina? You're, yeah, uh, no, I got it. <laughs> awesome. Cool. So genies are rare elemental creatures out of a story uh, and legend. Only a few can be found on the material plane. The rest reside on the elemental planes where they rule from lavish palaces and are attended by worshipful slaves. Mm. Genies are as brilliant as they are mighty, as proud as they are majestic, haughty and decadent. They have a profound sense of entitlement that stems from the knowledge that a few creatures, except the gods and other genies, can challenge their power. I do love a good genie. Genies, yeah, it's classic. You can find some used and pre-owned genies at um, Shifty Mercutio's pre-owned genies and genie retail emporium. Exactly. Say, tell, yeah, use the promo code Pet Shop mm-hmm. to get. I think it's what point one five percent off your first purchase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except the yeah, the point's like you know really tiny. Yeah. So you think it's fifteen percent, but you know it's point one five. The Shifty Mercutio. I mean, it's right there in the name. Hey, okay. he's a he's a guy. Uh Creatures of the elements, a genie is born when the soul of a sentient living creature melds with the primordial matter of an elemental plane. Okay. That's nifty. What the Only fuck? Under, 
Right? Only under rare circumstances does such an elemental infused soul coalesce into the manifest form and create a genie. What the fuck? How does that even happen? I don't know, man. The elemental planes are weird. Yeah. A genie usually retains no connection to the soul that gave it form. That life force is a building block that determines the genie's form and apparent gender, as well as one or two key personality traits. Although they resemble humanoid beings, genies are elemental spirits given physical form. They don't mate with other genies or produce genie offspring, as all new genies are born out of the same mysterious fusion of spirit, energy, and elemental power. A genie with a stronger connection to its mortal soul might choose to sire a child with a mortal, although such offspring are rare. Mm. That's what that 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 them's genasi, right? That them them's genasi. Oh yeah. When a genie perishes, it leaves behind uh, leaves nothing behind except what it was wearing or carrying, along with a small trace of its native element: a pile of dust, a ghost, a, a ghost of wind, a gust of wind, a flash of fire and smoke, or a burst of water and foam. Rule or be ruled, mortal slaves. No, so, wait, 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 there's a lot here. We're gonna, we're gonna a, just yeah. kind of. You want to? You want to? So there's. So let's get to the nitty gritty. There's there's four different elemental types of genies, right? Yes, there. I, I, I believe so. Yes, that makes sense. So first, there are the Dao. Dao. Dao are greedy, malicious genies from the elemental plane of Earth. Yeah. They adorn themselves with jewelry crafted from precious gems and rare metals, and when they fly, their lower bodies become columns of swirling sand. A Dao isn't happy unless it is uh, It is the envy of other Dao. Hmm. Yes, the one in the book here looks like it's got, like, stone brown skin, big fucking hammer, very nice, like, orange kind of robes. Oh, yeah, they're very elegant. They're tasteful. Them them hands, man. Some, like, amber-colored eyes. Yeah. Mm. Their paws, man, they're big. Sexy. All right. (laughs) Hey, they're they're immune to being uh, petrified. Oh, hell yeah, man. Uh, all that glitters, they dwell in complexes of twisting tunnels and glittering or vain caverns on the elemental plane of Earth. Uh, let's see. They care for nothing uh, uh, nothing for the poverty or misfortune of others. Sick. They might ground powder gems and gold dust over their food to heighten the experience of eating. <laughs> They're fucking gorons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they don't... As, uh, a doubt never assists a mortal unless the genie has something to gain, preferably treasure. Other races native to the elemental plane of Earth avoid the Tao, which are always seeking new slaves to mine the maze works of their floating Earth islands. Huh. And they're apparently proud slavers, so that that's a bit of a turnoff. Yeah, they're kind of like, these are like the shitty, like, selfish genies. I feel like a lot, they're all kind of selfish. I mean, fair, but I think, like, Tao are among the worst. They're neutral evil. They do. They can. They have a burrow and fly speed, and you know all your nice, fun earth-based spells. Yeah. Pass wall, move they, earth, wall of stone, gaseous form for some reason, turn into sand. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, they trade for the fine, the finest slaves that money can buy, forcing them to work in dangerous subterranean realms that rumble with earthquakes. As much as they enjoy enslaving others, they hate being enslaved. Powerful wizards have been known to lord down to the material plane and trap them in the confines of magical gemstones or iron flasks. Pieces Unfortunately for the Tao, their greed makes it relatively easy for mages to coven. Uh, uh, cousin? Yeah. Cousin. Cousin. Uh, cousin them into surface. 
Yeah. Look at that. That's so. F- that's the shittiest thing I've ever read in this book. It's like they they like having slaves, but they don't like being enslaved. Like, granted, fuck you. A lot of people, I feel like, in, in history, have enjoyed having slaves, but didn't want to be slaves themselves. Exactly. So. It's like the that's the like most hypocritical shit. You, yeah, dick weasel. Yeah, you wang nut. Uh, next we have the I'm just, I'm gonna say Ginny. Hey, I don't Ginny. know, like. I mean, they're gin, right? Like, can we just yeah. say, can we just say gin? Yeah. Mm. Proud, sens- uh, sensuous uh, genies from the elemental plane mm. of air. The gin are attractive, tall, well-muscled humanoids with blue skin and dark eyes. Ooh. They dress in airy, shimmering silks designed as much for comfort as to flaunt their musculature. I mean. Yeah. What, what, what are these? Give, give us a, a description. <laughs> I mean, who? <laughs> I mean, is is he's blue, big beard, fucking cannons for arms. Yeah, no, that's Aladdin, bud. <laughs> <laughs> but Aladdin's not hot. This guy's hot. I don't, I don't know. Gene from Aladdin. He's he's, he's Get, pretty. He's a pretty no, he's guy. not. Yeah, he is. He's though. not hot. Yeah. Well, t- t- Twitter. Get in the comments. <laughs> Airy Astites. Jin rule floating islands of cloud stuff, of, of cloud stuff, cloud of cloud stuff, of cloud stuff covered with enormous pavilions or topped with wondrous buildings, courtyards, fountains, and gardens. Creatures of comfort and ease. Jin enjoy succulent fruits, mm. pungent wines, Ooh. fine perfumes, and beautiful music. They are known for their sense of mischief and their favorable attitude towards mortals. They are uh, these these guys is chaotic good. Yeah. They deal coolly with a free and the Marids or Marids, um who they view as haughty. Oh. Uh, they're masters of the wind. Um they ride powerful whirlwinds that they create and direct on a whim, yep. uh, which can ca- even carry passengers. Creatures that stand against a, uh, a, a genie are assaulted by wind and thunder, even as the genie spins away on that wind uh, if outmatched in combat. When a, a gin flies, its lower body transforms into a column of swirling air. It says that they're accepting servitors. The gin believe that servitude is a matter of fate and that no being can contest the hand of fate. As a result of all the genies, gin are the ones most amenable to servitude, though they never enjoy it. Jin treat their uh, their slaves more like servants deserving of kindness and protection, and they part with them reluctantly. A mortal who desires the brief service of a jinn can uh, entreat it with fine ge- uh, gifts or use flattery to bribe it into compliance. That's not jinn. Jinn. That's at that point. Just they're just employees at that point, jinn. <laughs> like you don't need to just, call them slaves. They're just your fucking employees. Just get pay them a fair wage and it'll be fine. Just give them their 401ks and their health insurance plan. Like you don't need to be Shit. a bitch about it. God. N- Next are the efreet. Ooh. Hulking genies of the elemental plane of fire, the Efreet are masters of flame, oh. immune to fire, and able to create it on a whim. These guys Find cool. silk caftans and damask robes drape their magma red and coal black skin, and they bedeck themselves in brass and gold torques, chains, and rings, all glittering with jewels. When an Efreet flies, its lower body transforms to a column of smoke and ember. Efreet fuck. Can I just say, like, yeah. these guys fuck. Yeah. This guy can fuck. Oh, he's, he's got sort of a big, mean, nasty face, though. <laughs> hey, don't take my line from me. 
Well, sorry, it's a good line, have... yeah. Okay, there's a, I thought he maybe only had three horns. I thought there was like I, there was like a small set of horns and a big set of horns on this part. I thought maybe he had like an asymmetrical thing going on. Yeah. Do you have a They're fucking haughty. lip horn? What's going on? Oh, it's a ring. Uh, they're de- uh, a haughty and cruel, deceptive, cunning, and cruel to the point of ruthlessness. They despise being forced into servitude and are relentless in pursuit of vengeance against creatures that have wronged them. Yeah, they are lawful evil, it says. Here. Yeah, they're... It's, yeah, they're spiteful slavers. Literally all of them are slavers so far. <sighs> I do want to point that out. Come on, genies. Be better. They view all other creatures as enemies or potential serfs. <laughs> cool. Great attitude, you cop. They raid the material plane and elemental planes for slaves, which they capture and bring back to their homes on the elemental plane of fire. The Afrit rule as oppressive tyrants, promoting only the cruelest among their slaves. Those overseers are given whips to help keep the rank and file slaves in line. That's rough. God damn it, Afrit. They're just they just kind of are dicks for a bit. Last, we have the Merid. Hailing from the elemental plane of water, the Merids are the most wondrous of genie kind. I think Although, that I think they just say that cuz these things got fish faces. These things kind of got a fish face, yeah. Although all genies wield great power, even the lowest marid sees itself as clearly superior to the flighty jinn, the ground-hugging Tao, and the fuming of free. Well. Large and piscine marids are a strange Pisine. sight to be... Piscine? Yeah. Oh, that, make, that makes sense. Are a strange sight to behold, particularly when clad in the, in the finely stitched vests and colorful pantaloons they favor. <laughs> nice. <laughs> They speak in voices as soft as the sea breeze or as sonorous as storm. Sonorous, yes. Yeah. As sonorous as storm waves breaking against a rocky cliff. In flight, their lower bodies transform into columns of foamy water. Yeah, this thing's kind of got like a water spout for a bottom half. And then you said the thing about colorful pantaloons. And I was trying to imagine like... Bro, this thing's got a reverse enema. That's how it flies. Oh my god, Zachary... Hey, I have to go there at least once an episode. <sighs> it's, in your, it's, that, it's, it's in your contract. It I is know. in my contract. <laughs> Water lords! <laughs> Water is a marine's native element. And Genie can manipulate water in virtually any way that it desires. A marine can walk on water and breathe naturally beneath its surface. It can create water or shape clouds of fogs and mist from the vapor in the air. It can even transform itself into mist or use water as a weapon to bludgeon its foes. Hmm. They're, oh, they're apparently rare on the material plane. They inhabit mighty and majestic coral fortresses located in the elemental plane of water. Coral. Coral. <sighs> Question, they don't, are they slavers? Because if not... A marie, uh, a marie doesn't expect much of it from its slaves. God damn it! Simply wanting to have them for the status of ownership. <sighs> Marines go out of their way to obtain skilled slaves and aren't over-kidnapping mortal artists, entertainers, or storytellers to use in their courts. Just pay them. You have money. You've got the money. Like, apparently they're egotistical hierarchs. God so. fucking shit. Yeah, no, they, they uh, all marines claim a title of nobility, and the race is awash with shahs, sultans, muftis, and khedives. Yeah, I don't know any of those words you just said. I mean, sultan. Okay, that one I know. But, but the other ones, I haven't heard any of them. No Most of these tiles are mere pretense on the part of the self-important marines. Here's, yeah. here's what I'm going to do. 
They're apparently whimsical storytellers as well. Anyway, continue. Here's what I'm going to do because we're okay. we're we're running out of time on this bit. Genius can grant wishes, right? Yeah, it's kind of their whole I thing. It doesn't say it in they, here. But there, maybe. There's a little there's a little blo- like like side block here. Where basically, like a legendary genie can grant like a wish a year, basically because cosmic law or whatever. Uh, if I th- I'm gonna like actively go out there, Zach, new quest, you and I, adventurers, we're, we're closing up shop for a little bit. We're gonna okay. find a genie. I did just get a bow, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna find a genie. We're gonna get a wish from the genie. <laughs> we're gonna turn all these genies into good people. Yeah, that that it's like you know how like you know you you wish for more wishes. Yeah. It's instead like, hey, I wish that you weren't all fucking jackasses. Yeah, I wish that like you. Just pay, like like I'm not against you having employees, right? Like like there's something to be said Shut. about like shitty managers and whatnot. Just pay them. Just pay them. Just pay them a living wage. Give them Get benefits. Some time off. Like that's literally the least you could do. Yeah, like you know, Marie, like, you, you live in your homes. coral palaces. You've got fucking cash if you can reno this place. Just like yeah. Dow, you yeah. don't need all those bangles on your on your hands, your big meaty hands. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that giant necklace you cost is like thirty feet around, and it's solid gold. Just hock one of them. Pam could like pay off her mortgage with that. Yeah, it's just like, come on, be be better, genies. We expect better from you. But at the same time, I'm well, sure there's like half decent genies out there that aren't yeah. slavers. You know, there's an exception to every alignment and all that. We haven't said that in a no, long we, time. No, we, we really haven't. I'm excited. You got to you, you you get the sting up. I know, yeah. I know where the sting is. Hell yeah. Awesome. But yeah, uh, that's genies. That's genies, I guess. Like, I'm kind of bummed out after genies. Yeah. Well, hey, it, it, it's not going to go. It can't go down any like more downhill from here, right? Well. Well. Gr- hey, Griff? Well. It's going to go downhill from here, isn't it? Do you want to talk about Mind Flayers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, here's what I want to... Here's our challenge. We're going to look at... We're going to try to look at Mind Flayers in the best possible light, okay? In the best possible light. In the best okay. possible light, okay? All right, I'm here for it. Let's do this. Um. So to the uninitiated, let's just start. I think that if you play D&D, you largely know what a Mind Flayer is. But for those who don't, Mind Flayers are humanoid... Uh, let's be honest. They're aliens... They're aberration, yeah. They've got, like, kind of bluish skin, and they've got a squid face. Squid mouth, I guess, to be precise. It's like what a mustache would be. Instead, it's like four long tentacles. And then they got a split jaw underneath it. It's great. Mm -hmm. But they wear, like, cool robes and, like, neat armor. The aesthetic, they're they're very cool aesthetically. The the, the aesthetic is pretty cool, Uh, yeah, I will say. Mind flayers, also called illithids, are the scourge of sentient creatures across countless worlds. Psionic tyrants, goddammit, slavers, and interdimensional <laughs> voyagers. They are insidious masterminds that harvest entire races for their own twisted ends. Four tentacles snake from their octopus-like heads, flexing in hungry anticipation when sentient creatures come near. In eons past, illithids controlled empires that spanned many worlds. They subjugated and consequently warped whole races of humanoid slaves, including the Githyanki, the Githzerai, the Grimlocks, and the Kuotoa. Conjoined by a collective consciousness, the Illithids hatch plots as far-reaching and as evil as their fathomless minds can conceive. Since the <laughs> fall of their empires, yeah. 
<laughs> when you started, you were kind of low. And as you've been going, you've been kind of going. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so I was just, before you got up here, I just wanted to warn you. <laughs> Since the fall of their empires, Illithid's collectives <laughs> on the material plane have resided in the Underdark. It, it didn't go uphill. No. It didn't go uphill. What are you talking about? These guys are great. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. Mind flayers possess psionic powers that enable them to control the minds of creatures such as troglodytes, grimlocks, quagoths, and ogres. Illithids prefer to communicate via telepathy and use their telepathy when issuing commands to their thralls. When an illithid meets a strong resistance, it avoids initial combat as it orders its thralls to attack. Like physical extensions of the illithid's thoughts, these thralls interpose themselves between the mind flayer and its foes, sacrificing their lives so their master can escape. Solitary mind flayers are likely rogues and outcasts. Yeah, whatever. Most illithids belong to a colony of sibling mind flayers devoted to an elder brain. <laughs> Is that the sound a brain makes? I I have no idea. I just figured I'd I kind of give it a shot. Have we talked about an elder brain before? I feel like I don't think we've gone to. I, 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 maybe it's possible. I don't know. It's a big we've brain. We've talked about a lot of stuff on this show. This is true. An elder brain, a massive brain. Okay, it says a massive brain-like being. Are you telling me it's not an actual brain? It's brain-like. I mean, in the same way that it says that, like a fucking uh, 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 intellect of our isn't a brain. It's I, think, just, I think it also described it as brain-like. It's, it's like, just oh, a brain. It's just a brain, homie. From its briny pool, an elder brain telepathically dictates its desires to each individual mind flare within five miles of it. For its, uh, for it is able to hold multiple mental conversations at once. 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 Sean Connery. Man, get that elder, uh, elder brain working like customer service or something. Ooh. Use your powers for good, elder brain. An- answer all those phones at once. Illithids subsist on the brains of humanoids. The brains provide enzymes, hormones, and psychic energy necessary for their survival. One of these things is not like the other. An illithid healthy from a brain-rich diet secretes a thin glaze of mucus that coats its mauve skin. Mauve. An illithid experiences euphoria as it devours the brain of a humanoid, along with its memories, personality, and innermost fears. Mind flayers will sometimes harvest a brain rather than devour it, using uh, uh, using it as some part of alien experiment, or yeah, or transforming it into an intellect devourer. They're just brains. They just grow legs. God damn it, mind flayers! I love them, Zach. They're the saviors of the universe. <laughs> no, they're not. Come on, we're talking about them in the best light possible. Okay, I, I didn't I, look. Talking about them in the best light possible doesn't mean lying about them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, point. All right, so yeah, let's look at the stat box, yeah. shall we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They's very smart. Damn, their skill proficiencies are. They have a lot of skill proficiencies: arcana, deception, of... insight, perception, persuasion, and stealth. Curious. That's enough. a lot. Dark vision out to one twenty. That's pretty good, actually. Telepathy out to 120. They can cast Detect Thoughts and Levitate at Will, Dominate Monster, and Plane Shift once per day. If they attack you with their tentacles, they grapple you, and then they can attack a grappled creature to deal 10 D10 piercing damage, which, if it kills you, they eat your brain. Yeah, no, this whole extract brain thing ain't great here. I'm just saying, sometimes I would like it if, like, I could extract my own brain. 
you know, like turn my brain off for a little while. Like is extracting it turning it off though or is it yeah, just, just your brain like, but now it's outside your skull i just kind of like you know turn it out of its socket and pull up and it kind of turns off for a little bit and then when i'm ready i can just kind of click it back into place but if your brain's out of your body how mm. do you then put it back into your body i have this like whole like apparatus that i can set a timer on that like slides it back into place <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so is so is your does your like skull just sort of slip on like wig style now mm-hmm. or okay cool yeah so your hair your hair just kind of comes off no the hair stays on the skull oh okay yeah no, where's the line in the where's the line in the skull then it's back here it's behind the hair there's a seam oh it's like a reverse so, so, jar situation so, oh so the hinge is in the front yeah. Pinches up front, party in the back. (laughs) That is maybe the worst joke you've ever made on this show. Oh, man, I so hate myself right now. Uh. (laughs) Pinches up front. Okay, well that's the end of the show. Everyone. No, it's not. We gotta keep we gotta keep going a little bit. Isn't there like in one of the new supplements, like adventures? Isn't there? Isn't there like a baby illithid with like a laser gun? Yeah, no, it's in. Um, yeah, I'll go find it. It's, it's in, in. It's in uh, rhyme, isn't it? It's in rhyme. Yeah, give me a moment. It's like a baby mind flayer with like a little alien blaster. Pew pew pew. I've never gotten over. It took me a long time, rather, to wrap my head around the concept of just aliens in D anD. d like some it's it's really there there are some major instances where sci-fi really creeps into the fantasy of D&D and mind flayers are yeah. one of those things like these just straight aliens and i'm not at all i'm not at all afraid to fight them in in another path it's going yeah, to be totally I'm, fine i'm lo- i'm looking for it give me a moment i'm going to find it this is kind of cool yeah. On the rare occasion that mind flayers need to write something down, they do so in Quaileth. This system of tactile writing, similar to Braille, is read by an illithid's tentacles. Huh. Quaileth is written in four-line stanzas and is so alien in construction that non-illithids must resort to magic to discern its meaning. Although Quaileth can be used to keep records, Illithid most often use it to mark portals or other surfaces with warnings or instructions. Hmm. So they have tentacle braille. So I, so I did find it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, 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 for reasons unknown, Sarah Morphosis, my goodness, uh, uh, can go awry when an Illithid tadpoles and planted into the brain of a gnome. Oh. This deviation might be due to the quasi-magical nature of gnomes, or simply a facet of how their minds work. When the process is warped only slightly, the mind flare remains gnome-sized and is called a gnome ceramorph. It retains its knowledge of the gnomish language while becoming able to speak deep speech and undercommon. It retains fragmented memories of its previous life and previous alignment, not to mention a propensity for invention. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it says it could be any alignment. Interesting. 
It has a laser pistol. It has a laser. Uh, Where did it uh, get the laser pistol? A, a gnome ceramorph often carries a home-built device that functions as a laser pistol. See firearms in the dungeon. Okay, because they're like because gnomes are like tinkerers. <laughs> this weapon is is powered by an energy cell, which enables the weapon to fire fifty shots. After its last shot is expanded, the device becomes inoperable. The energy cell can't be removed without destroying the weapon. Oh, that's right. Uh, but yeah, it's it does. Literally everything that um, a normal mind flare can do, but it's got a laser pistol. There's also the gnome squidling, where it's just walking on its front on, on its front mouth tentacles. It's weird. Jesus Christ! Are, are did we did we set ourselves up for failure with mind flares? <laughs> Sorry, it's got a skill called mind tickle. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, we did. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I will I will concede. It, let's not talk about them in the best possible light. Let us each... Here's here's my challenge to you, Zach Rob. Yes. And me, Griffin Coldiron. Let's name one positive aspect of a Mind Flayer. One okay. good thing. Not, not, not saying that these good things outweigh the bad, necessarily. Just one positive thing about a Mind Flayer. They've got good, familiar... Sorry, familial communication. Yeah. You know, some families go (laughs) a long time without talking, but not these guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mind flares would make great goth DJs. Because of the tentacles. And the kind of the whole aesthetic. And this aesthetic. And just think of those four tentacles, you know, just tearing up a turntable. <laughs> um, do we have to keep going? No, we don't. Okay. Would you um, like to do one more? Okay, well, I guess we can try one more round. One, one more round? Um, um, mind mind flayers. Yeah. Oh, go, go ahead. No, it's go ahead. Mind flayers are... Mm-hmm. They're just really nasty, Griff. <laughs> you fucking cock. <laughs> you zagged on me. A, a little bit. All right. Well, let's throw them right in the fucking garbage where they belong. And... Out they go. Calitic. Uh A reminder to us and all of our listeners that they're not all winners. <laughs> they're, look, not, it's, not, it's not all gold. All that glitters is not. A mind flare. Hey, right. you know, there's, there's the, we found plenty of diamonds in the rough, but that's just the rough, baby. <laughs> there's also about, yeah. There's also just a lot around those diamonds is just a lot of shit that's just rough. Ugh. Uh, so yeah. Okay. Well, we tried. <laughs> hey, the centaurs were great. Anyway, uh, <laughs> thanks. Uh, 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 that is uh, this here's. Uh, Weeks. Wow, what am I trying to say? I don't we know. did a Hissam get Foffer. It was shit. all right. Oh my god. One of these folks was fucking rad. The rest were awful. <sighs> Look, this is episode sixty two. We have we're we're due for at least a stinker every now and then. Yeah. So that became what? Hissam get Foffer Urwa. <laughs> 
Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you want to support the show, uh, hit us up on Twitter. Drop us a little bit of a, you know, you know engage with us there. You can check out uh, the network at Ghostlight Media for other shows on the network, as well as our Patreon at Ghostlight, uh, patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia. Definitely. And check out some of the rest of the shows. Is They're, they're great. We got shows like Another Path. Mm. We got shows like Imprinted Echoes. What? I know, right? Damn. We've got, I, I missed it, we've got Ooh. Shakespeare. Those that's are... the other That's the other fours. Mm-hmm. That's all four of them. We do this bit every time, you realize. I know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm aware, and I, we're going to keep doing it. Anyway, uh, so yeah, those are the shows. Check them out. Say, give them some love. Tell them that you like them a lot, because um, we like them a lot. Mm-hmm. So. And if you wanna, if you ever have any questions for us about a a topic you'd like us to discuss, a specific monster, a specific fiction, a you know book series, TV show, movie, what have you, please let us know at Pet Shopcast on Twitter, or you can DM us there. We'd love to do so. We have been known to dedicate entire episodes to these topics. So do it because we want to do it. Y- yeah. Anyway, awesome. I think that's. I well, think that's that's it. Thank you all so much. God dang. God, God, God dang it, Dean. God dang. Okay, well, everyone, mm. we love you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I have been Zach. I've been Griffin. And just remember, everybody, at the end of the day, it's all about love, baby. Oh, no. That was it's me true. trying to be psychic. Uh, like it's the- working. Marie! Thank you all for listening to episode 62 of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a review or telling a friend about us. You can find us as part of the Ghostlight Media Network over at ghostlightmedia.net or on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. On our website, you can find links to our merch store and Patreon page, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media shows and the fucking phenomenal people who create them. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons Nate, Connor, and Ice Steer Brewing for your continued support. We'd like to thank Nikki Does Puzzles for making our theme song. You can find her SoundCloud at Nikki Does Puzzles or at Nicole Voice on Twitter. We'd also like to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show. You can find Rin on Twitter at Rin underscore Moran and on the Imprinted Echoes podcast as part of Ghostlight Media. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, I just wrote little question marks down on my script here. Normally I do a bit, but I didn't come up with one this time. I hope you'll forgive me. Bye. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.